0: This how your education baby learning with no ceilings and we cold chilling and we world feeling. Welcome to feeling the is... wonderful world of Yazi podcast with your boy Yazi. Shout out to Mac Smack, Mac Talk Smack Productions on the fucking filming and the editing and just being one of the most gorgeous human beings of all time. I appreciate you so much. Um so yeah, I'm going to get right into it. Um Basically, this uh, podcast, I'm just going to have foresight through hindsight, um, basically history, and uh, hopefully um, get people's brains jogged a little bit. Thinking about other angles, how things are interconnected and how things are not isolated in the slightest bit uh gonna talk a little bit cannabis, probably not this episode because I'm gonna keep it a bean. I'm running super super low on the cannabis so uh I'm not gonna uh flex on that one right now. uh gonna do a little sports talk and shit we're gonna get you into the wonderful world of Yazi so let's get into it and we are going to get into bodily autonomy and gun rights. Uh, because these are two issues that are very, very uh, prominent that we're all going through right now. So, let's get into it. Let's start off with bodily autonomy. I'm not going to start off with abortion. I'm going to start off with something that opened the doors for this. And also showed uh, very, very cool ways uh, to combat. Um, so... Let's go back to 2020, uh, when the pandemic first started. Um, I live in Ohio, um, and I also uh, travel to Michigan pretty often. Shout out to Michigan. All my Michigan folk was good. Um, And when the mask mandates happened, right, in Ohio and Michigan in particular, uh, people actually literally got their guns, And they went to the state capitals, and they said, we not going. Now, it doesn't matter if you think that's silly or if you think that's stupid. The fact of the matter is there is a group of people that mobilized together. They mobilized with weapons, and they hit their state capitals. Guess what happened in those states in Ohio and Michigan? Masks were optional. They were not mandatory. You could literally, it was It, it was a basically a free-for-all. Uh, working in the bars, I experienced that mass. You know, uh, you walk into the bar and you got to wear your mask, but you don't have to wear your mask when you're sitting at a table. Like, come on now. Like this, it, it was absolute, it was basura. And that was all because some crazy-ass white folk, with guns, said, "You're not gonna take our rights," and guess what happened? They didn't take their rights. They met them. They they met them in the middle ground. So, telling someone what to drape their body in, a group of people said no. Got their guns. Said, "We gonna put the pressure on you." They didn't fire them guns. They didn't fire a single gun. They just said, "We got these things. You're not gonna do this," and they didn't do it. Plain and simple, that's just what happened. So, now let's switch over to bodily autonomy. So, women all over are being told what they can do with their bodies, or cannot do, more specifically, with their bodies. So, I actually have to go back into, into guns. So, one of my ideas is in education. Education is everything. Education removes fear, it removes trauma, It removes a lot, a lot of shroud and smoke of things that don't allow us to think clearly. So all of us since Columbine have been traumatized by guns. This is just a fact. This is a collective trauma that we've all been through. And going through that collective trauma, we all have gained this really, really crazy fear of guns because they are... they they're a scary tool it's a, it's a weapon of destruction bottom line it is meant to to kill and tear down um but there is so many other things that are meant to that are built to to tear down but we don't have fear of them because of the education axes axes are ter- crazy crazy scary items if not handle properly you could literally cut your own shit off if you don't use an axe properly that's why somebody who is more trained on an axe will show you how to properly swing it how to properly handle it so you're not chopping shit off same if you work in the restaurant industry same with uh with uh cutting my first prep job i ever had at keystone i literally my first day the job, i didn't know how to cut properly i'm trying to cut fast to proof shit i sliced my goddamn finger and a little bit of my nail off Prep comes, what were you doing? Literally, uh, the the chef comes, what are you doing? I showed him how I was cutting, and he was like, come on now. So then he taught me how to cut properly, how to handle a blade properly, because I can cut my whole shit off. He educated me on to use a proper, scary, dangerous tool. How often do I use a knife, though? Um, I cook pretty often, so I'd say... Once every other day, I use a a, a knife. I don't use it every day. So I don't use that education that I have for that tool for that weapon every single day. I just have that in the tuck. So when I need to go and use that, I understand and I'm not scared of using this tool or weapon. So that is what I believe needs to happen with guns. So many people like to speak on guns, but they have never even gotten over the trauma to even handle a weapon, learn how they operate, learn how to clean them, know the difference between a bullet and a round. There is, there's just so many up uh, the difference between a clip and a magazine. There's so many things of knowledge that people do not understand. And so guess what? We can just be fearful because of what we see. We see mass shootings. We see in the hood motherfuckers getting killed every goddamn day. We only see all this pain and all this strife and all this scary-ass shit with guns. So guess what that's going to do with us? It's going to make us scared. It's going to make us fearful of weapons. So we don't even have the capacity or courage to Get over that trauma because we don't even know where to start. Why would we want to learn about something when that shit's scary as fuck? So that is what I like to promote about uh, gun education. Just learn about them. I have plenty of resources. uh, If you want to ever, ever hit me up at Y-A-Z-I-13 on IG. Um, Just hit me up anytime. I have all the resources for wonderful registered um, gun instructors. Uh, They really, really... Um, focus more on removing the, the trauma and the uncomfortable feelings that you have and then getting to the handling aspect of it. So from personal experience, it's been life-changing. Uh, and so things like that to me are the small steps you can take towards true change and revolution because I foresee a day where there's a gang of women going to the Capitol and saying, no, with the AR-15s saying, you not finna go and run this up. We as the people are not going to go, but that also comes with education of how to handle these things. So you can also not be traumatized because I don't think people understand we're in the times of, of extremes. We see the extremes work for one side, Why can't we get extreme about just literally having the rights to ourselves, to not be picked apart as a people, to not just be constantly used as fodder for corporations? This shit is absolutely insane. So this is my idea of the start. They said they couldn't wear masks. They said, uh, psych, They telling y'all, y'all can't do shit with y'all bodies and y'all going to Facebook, y'all using memes, y'all not mobilizing, y'all not getting together. I am more than willing to ride with y'all, but I am only one person and I'm also a man. These are movements that cannot be led by men. These are movements that must be led by women. So I would love to inspire as many women as possible to tote that thing, learn how to carry that thing. I, like, I was talking to my partner uh, several weeks ago and I was like, you know, I would love to see a day where women ain't annoyed or scared to get catcalled because they know there's a fear that they might get shot. That sounds crazy, but I think it's crazier that we live in a society to where a woman literally has to go through the bullshit of getting catcalled walking down the street minding their goddamn business. There's consequences for actions. So I think it would be great to live in a world to where people did fear the consequences of not minding your own business and acting like women are not their own fucking beings and creatures. And there's healthy fear is a good thing. It's a very, very good thing. So speaking of women real quick, I'm going to segue into something. So there is a woman who is an absolute inspiration to not just me, but... Probably at least uh, hundreds others. others. Uh, her name is Siri Imani. Uh, she is in charge of Siri Imani Productions. Uh, she does... I can't even say all this shit that she does because it's so much. Uh, she uh, curates and cultivates just many spaces for uh, weirdo niggas of all kinds. Uh, men, women, and everybody in the motherfucking between. Um, but... Uh, every final Sunday of the month, every last Sunday of the month uh, at Piot Park, which is located right across the street from the Cincinnati Library, uh, we have the potluck in the park. And what we do is we take donations, clothes, food, hygiene uh, materials, and uh, we donate them and we party in the park with uh, people who are in need, uh, whether you be homeless homeless. Or whether you be a person who literally you might have just lost your job. Everything was going good. You lost your job. You need to go down there, get a meal, get some toothpaste, get some toilet paper. It's not something just for um, the people who may think they got it. A lot of us don't really got it. A lot of us really, my ass took two rolls of toilet paper because I was like, I need a couple rolls of toilet paper. Like this is is never feel bad for needing. We all need right now and uh, what uh, Potluck in the Park does, it literally truly is it's inspiring, it gives to all. We be having the jams going, we literally be partying. So make sure uh, if you can come down every last Sunday of the month, that's uh, Potluck in the Park. Uh, presented by uh, Siri Imani and Imani Productions. And actually, no, it's not. It's Tribe Foundation. I'm out here fooling by Tribe Foundation. Shout out to Tribe Foundation, which uh, I am the garden direct director of. Toot toot. Got to toot my horn real quick. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Tribe Foundation doing absolutely the most amazing things. And, uh, yeah, we're going to get back into uh, bodily autonomy. So, the craziest part as well about this is understanding history is why people are getting so fucked up right now um what's going on right now has been happening to black women in this country since the dawn of black women in this country as far as america is concerned um the horror stories of black women still to this day and you Even white women, I have a homie who just had a very, very traumatic experience, uh, a birthing experience um, at a hospital, a local hospital, which is absolutely gnarly story, just fucked up. But black women are not listened to. They're not taken into consideration when it comes into any parts of their health or their body and never, never have been always been a tool for society and corporations and just everybody to just extract extract and use and use and you are mine i own you that has always been for black women's bodily autonomy so if this is why shit is so fucked up and if you're anti-white supremacy truly anti-white supremacy you understand how connected this is Because not fighting against white supremacy is now why everybody's getting affected by white supremacy. They don't just stop, they figure out how they can get everybody involved into it. So, for instance, I'll bring this is just a quick one. So, everybody understands about private prisons. Slavery was ended, and all they did was just rebrand it. To then just incarcerate more Black people to continue the workforce. Guess what, though? They was like, oh wait, wait, wait. We don't. There's a lot of white people here too, and they can incarcerate white people to be their slaves too. Mexican people to be, anybody in this country, they can incarcerate to be their actual slaves to make and refurbish whatever parts we're using for our phones and TVs and laptops and whatever. So not fighting against slavery all them years ago not really really being for black people now everybody finds themselves in a hellscape of white supremacy because now everybody can get it it's just black people are the ones that die for it but everybody can get it black women have always been the one to die for not having rights to their bodies but now white women are the ones now being truly, truly affected and why now it's being a true problem. And also, this ain't just affecting. I got to I got to make sure I, I, I add this part. This isn't just affecting women. Um, one of the things that people don't understand is that uh, one of the biggest cause of homicide is men killing women because they are pregnant. So we're about to have a lot more men actually be fucking murderers. That is fucked up. Back to the gun rights. Why gun education is important because uh there I just can't uh, uh state this enough that men actually are insane and crazy and will kill a woman if they don't want a baby or do some foul, foul shit. And back to the gun education, I really want women, all women, to be protected, and nobody is going to protect you. That has to be the understanding. Nobody is going to save you unless women squat up together and people like me and my niggas, you know what I'm saying, we we with it. But it has to start with literally getting together and being like, nah, we will fuck you up. Because they're not playing no more. And so now we live, like I said, we live in this hellscape to where everyone, everyone is being affected by white supremacy and now everybody's looking like, what? I can't believe this. I'm so shocked when the writing was on the wall the whole time. That truly breaks my heart that we don't understand patterns, understand what's happened already, Understand the work that has been done by other people and then continue that work. We truly are going to meme ourselves to death unless we start acting now or we're going to be fucked up. (laughs) I don't want to be fucked up. I want to live a long life with all my people. I want to actually have a chance to fucking fight and combat um, climate change because that's something that's not being talked about with all of this as well that our future is a true fucking hellscape right now, and that we are are looking at really tough times from here on out. And so this is the time to band together, to educate each other, to be truly knowledgeable, to tribe up, because they not playing with our hoe asses <laughs> at all. So, yeah, I think that wraps up my uh, my bodily autonomy segment. Um, and my little gun segment we go we gonna always get back to some guns though because uh I'll be having some homies on here to talk- chat up with guns about me so we can you know help y'all get a little bit more comfy but um yeah, I'm going to segue into something real quick that's completely off topic, and that's the n b a because the n b a off season is extremely extremely fun it's my favorite time of the year, and mac here is a is a big boston fan and I kept on trying to let him know what was going to happen, you know, with the Warriors and just, it's Steph Curry. We know what's what's going on. We know what's going on. MVP, MVP, let's go. Anyway, what I actually want to talk about is, on Twitter, I was trying to start this debate. It didn't get going yet, but I'm going to get it going. But it's, who is the greatest number two of all time? And when I say number two, number two is not a disrespectful term at all. A number two is just a player uh, that literally is a is like the best accessory piece ever. And accessories are necessary on every single team effort. The star player is just the one to really just take the brunt and put in the crucial moments, put the team on the back. But the accessories. Those are the ones to get you cruising through the entire game and make sure everything, you know, is nice and controlled, which is not an easy motherfucking task. So I don't want to disrespect nobody by saying I think the number two is a disrespectful. It's just, you know, the best number two accessory player. So my order personally is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Scotty Pippen, and then Kevin Durant. I think that is a great, great order ordering list because when, you know, Kareem, especially for the time that he played in, you know, all-time leading scorer, we already know what he do, but he needed, in those times, he needed a guard. He had Oscar Robertson for that first one, you know, Mr. Triple-Double. Then he had Magic Johnson. We already know what it is with Magic that he was the guy. So Kareem definitely, to me, is the, is the, is the, the solid pick for the greatest number two of all time. Scotty, people sleep on Scotty. You know, he came number two in the MVP vote in that year that uh, that MJ was gone, or years that MJ was gone, uh, right in there in the middle. Uh, six rings without – literally without Jordan – or without uh, – Jordan without Pippen would not have all them rings. This is just a fact. Everybody watched The Last Dance. We know what it is. Um, Kevin Durant. I'm going to have fun with this one. So Kevin Durant might be the most disappointing NBA player of all time. Uh Shaq is probably the number 1 most disappointing player of all time. And I only say this it's never because skill because these are truly two of the most how their bodies are one of the, two of the most skilled Basketball players to ever see the court. But with Shaq, Shaq should have been the greatest basketball player to ever play. There should be no reason and no excuse with the way that he dominated that he should not be mentioned as the greatest basketball player of all time. But he wanted to be Superman. He wanted all the other extra shit. He didn't take care of his body, his body started falling apart. And since he did not take all of those things seriously, now he's just mentioned as one of the greatest bigs of all time. When we should be mentioning literally him with the Jordan. It should be a Jordan and Shaq conversation is what we should have been having. For real, for real. But that's why he's disappointing to me because he should have been the greatest basketball player of all time. Kevin Durant, same goddamn boat. Kevin Durant, there's no reason he should not be the greatest basketball player of all time, but it's his mentality rather than his physical. We know that he tore his ACL, or his, uh, yeah, his ACL, not ACL, is uh, Achilles, um, but that's not really that. That injury didn't really affect his game crazy because of just how he shoots his type of game anyway. It didn't really it didn't do do much to it. So I'm not even gonna I'm not using that as an excuse. I'm using all of his mentality. So it starts off in OKC when they're down three one against the Warriors, and he is not taking command of that team. That, at that point, you need to – it don't matter who Westbrook thinks he is. Westbrook may think he is the one, and he actually proved that he was the one on that team. He was the number one on that team. It's This is you. You take that. I don't care all the hooping and hollering and rah-rah. I'm taking that. This is me. This is – this is – it. Kobe Kobe, mama mentality shit 101. I don't give a fuck what you're doing over there. This is my shit. That's why him and fucking Shaq started getting into it because Kobe didn't give a shit about none of that. He, I'm Kobe. You, that is a mentality and mind frame that is needed with the number one. Kevin Durant is absent of that. He's not absent of skill. He's not absent of dominance. He's not absent of none of that shit. He's absence uh he's absent of having that this is my team this is my game nobody will nobody I will will this shit and that's why he's the greatest number 2 he went in with the warriors that was Stephen Curry's team as we see now he got the mvp they got to the title without him all they they really just got Wiggins that's the major difference still got the chip What did Kevin Durant do this year in the playoffs? This man lost 4-0 in the first round of the playoffs. I don't care what nobody say a player of that caliber. That's unacceptable. That's just not acceptable. Second round exit, sure, sure. At first round, give me a game? A game? One? But you get swept? No, that's just unacceptable. That's I don't care. You are way entirely too good. So he can never be, to me, discussed in the greatest of all time discussion. You have to put him in the greatest shooters, greatest scorers uh, discussions, just like Shaq, greatest big men. But nah, he not even top 10 of greatest players. He, but Imagine Larry Bird literally with the Kevin Durant mentality. There would be no there would be no Larry Bird. Now imagine Kevin Durant with a Larry Bird mentality. Might have 10 rings. Might have 10 of things, Mac. So yeah, that's a that's my little sports take real quick. I hopefully I'm a, I forgot what my name is on Twitter. I'll put it on my link because I do not be on Twitter like that. I just be on Twitter to literally cr- troll uh Kevin Durant because uh I'm a lame and I'd be bored. Uh, so yeah, my Twitter is something, and I'll put that up on the screen. Hopefully, that'll be sick. Um, yeah, and my uh, final topic, I'm actually gonna hop in the phone because I'm not gonna lie, I forgot because I knew I was gonna get on a roll, and so I had to go and uh, write it down in my little notes here. Um, but oh. Yeah. This is something that I'm low-key passionate about because (laughs) it's quite obnoxious to me what is going on in rap and hip-hop right now. Um, Before I mention that, I would like to uh, send a shout-out to uh, Mac Mac Talk Smack Productions. Smack Talk Productions. I would love to give a shout out to Smack Talk Productions for uh recording and editing this wonderful uh Wonderful World of yazi podcast for me. Shout out to Smack Talk Productions. Uh also I want to give a just much love to Capes and Cloaks. Uh motherfuckers be killing it. Um be on the lookout for Capes and Cloaks. We're going to put a nice little thing on the screen so y'all can follow them really look at all their content i don't even know what to like even say because they do so much cool different shit you just got to check it out so shout out to capes and cloaks productions uh also at the end of the month uh so my like my best friend and my business partner her name is val uh we have a business called val and Yossi sober shack Uh, And the sober is in quotations because uh, our belief on sobriety is having a good relationship and a healthy relationship with drugs and don't abuse them. And that is what sobriety is. It's having uncomfortable conversations with yourself of what you can handle and what you can do to yourself and still maintain a quality of life without harming yourself or your loved ones. Uh, So in that. We make active culture tonics, so all of our drinks are sweetened with uh, fermented uh, fruit juices and fermented plant juices um, in which we uh, extract uh, enzymes and nutrients and and plant-matter chlorophyll, uh, and we dilute that, and then we use that as a sweetener for our uh, mocktails, if you will. Uh, at the end of the month, we're going to be at the third Eye Collective Festival um, in Michigan from July 29th. July 29th through July 31st. Uh, so if y'all want to uh, holla at us up there, I love to see y'all there because it's gonna it's called the Divine Pine gathering Divine Pine Gathering. It's going to be an absolute, absolute blast. Um yeah, I think that's my last uh, shout-out to myself. Valangazi Sobershack, Shack. Sober in quotations. So, what I'm passionate about about hip-hop right now. Not passionate, just annoyed. So, there's all these, like, not even talking heads, but, like, representatives and interviewers and podcast hosts and all this crazy shit and they interview people and ask these people all of these very incriminating questions even will show them on camera with illegal weapons and like illegal attachments on weapons and it's just so crazy to me because mac just even looked at me because it's just a overall irresponsibility everybody says well you You know, the person talking, they ain't got to say nothing. This is, duh, fucking duh. Everybody knows this. But that's where it's up to the, it's the responsibility of the producers, of the camera person, of the interviewer, to when they hit that cutting room, to cut that shit out. Because that is, you're literally leading uh, investigators down a path and giving them true evidence to hold these mostly black men, young black men in court with, as we're seeing now with Young Thug and Gunna. So, understanding this, and understanding that many, many, many people, they don't understand the law truly. Uh, Many people really, really are so hungry at success that When they see a name like an Adam-22 or an Academics or a WAC-100, they see these names, they're going to pounce on that because they're getting a check and they're like, oh, I'm going to get some notoriety and truly, truly people do anything for some for a slice of success and some notoriety and so that is where the manipulation is these people know this about these people who are in very dire circumstances and so then now they put them in a completely manipulative situation so they bring them on here talk about so tell me about your the most crazy murder you ever were involved in They tell them they might bring out the motherfucking murder weapon right there on the goddamn camera. And Adam-22 will be a, yeah, that's a, what's that? Was that a Glock 45? And shit is crazy. So my true theory is that all of these dudes, the academics, the the WACs, the Adam-22s, They're all in cohesion together, and they're working together with the U.S. government in modern-day COINTELPRO, COINTELPRO. If you're not familiar with COINTELPRO, uh, COINTELPRO was an entire unit of investigation uh, of the FBI—sorry, of the CIA—to infiltrate uh, all types of— criminal or just organiza- just regular organizations all throughout America. Um, so, for instance, uh, COINTELPRO, they infiltrated the KKK, but you see there's no uh, uh, prosecution of the KKK because, ooh, might be their homies. But COINTELPRO is what blew up the Black Panther Party. And this is how they had F- they had uh, CIA informants literally go and infiltrate the Black Panthers, and that's how they took them and ripped them apart. Uh, and so, what I'm seeing now with all of these hosts doing all of this incriminating shit right out in the public and the open of these young black men it is very reminiscent of government interference. And now it's just very easy. They just made it easy. They just went, oh, they'll tell, we don't even have to do an investigation. They did the investigation for us. They just gave us all of everything. we. They gave us a statement already. And so I'm passionate about this because I want people to stop clicking all of that shit. Oh, Vlad. That's the main motherfucker. Fuck Vlad. That's the true, the main motherfucker that be on this shit. I want everybody to, to see these and just stop clicking on that shit. Truly, truly. The more you click on it, the more people think that you actually care. And you got to stop literally giving them any click. They, that data is really, really important to them. And it doesn't seem seem like it is, but simple click, Boom. They're like, oh, we're booming. we're probably, They don't give a fuck if you agree with it or not. They care about the click. And so don't give it any mind. Don't give it any attention because any attention, we're going to keep on having this happen of government interference in front of our faces with hip-hop. It's being used as a tool to incarcerate. It's being used as a tool to really fuck up communities. And so literally stop giving that any fucking energy because it is fucking killing people <laughs> real talk is it's really killing families so yeah i was kind of all over the place with that one that was really fun that's that's the shit that i be on i just uh i have a lot of different fun uh different thoughts and ideas all the time uh and it's really fun to kind of open up a little bit and give people uh some context of where i be coming from on a, on a lot of my uh ideas and wacky ass thoughts um And that's the thing that I also want to want to note. A lot of things that, like my beliefs are my beliefs, and I believe in them strongly. But I also understand all my beliefs are theories, and that if presented with enough actual evidence, and you get me, I will change my idea because everything is just a theory we don't really know what's going on we've just made all of these ideas just so we can work better and this crazy ass shit that's always going on so i completely understand that so when you see this video if there's stuff on here that you don't agree with and you would like to enlighten me on please please holler at your boy uh comment on i'm gonna throw this up on youtube so comment on there uh yeah just hit me up at my instagram i'll find actually something to see if we can get some actual true discussions going because that'd be real real fun i'd fuck with that super heavy um but yeah i fucking love this shit out all y'all i love myself i love you mac and uh yeah and uh yeah that's the wonderful world of yazi and we gonna do the outro with the motherfucking intro to with Jay Hill and the wonderful world of Yazzie motherfucking theme song. Open your eyes on me it's a colorful world that I see, I see, it's unusual air that I breathe, I breathe, it's always going up wherever I be, I be, but it's so much to discover beyond, the beyond, beyond, the beyond, it's a puzzling world, it's a different life, it's an interesting world with Yazzie, Yazzie, it's a difficult world, still a beautiful life, it's the wonderful world of Yazzie, Yazzie, Gazzy, yazi. Gazzy, Gazzy, Yazi, yazi. Gazzy, uh. uh.